Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling. In today's episode, we dive into a supersized wildcard weekend in the NFL. We've got it all covered from the sort of games that I think you're going to be surprised Bill will think are close to the games that could be absolute blowouts. What are the mismatches? What are the close contests? We're going to dive into it and find out on today's episode of the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling. But before we do, I want to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the show, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new year betting. As we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond, BetOnline remains the number one spot for all your best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and the UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino game, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, BetOnline's where the game starts. This is where Wild Card Weekend starts. This is the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian, and this is our look at the Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. All right, gang, it has been a busy week for everybody on the pod, but it's an exciting week because it is that time of the year where we've got playoffs and it's a supersized wildcard weekend. It's hard to process. We're going to get a game on a Monday and it's a holiday, so I can stay up late and watch everything on Sunday night. It's pretty fun. Aren't you guys excited? <laughs> I'm especially excited for you just to be a step late on a Monday night, Scott. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped. And you knew, you knew the second the Raiders made that kick, they were playing the 430 game on Saturday. Raiders Bengals <laughs> just felt like the opening salvo. After after an overtime. Yeah. Exactly. Now I'm sure I'm sure that went over well with Mark Davis. So here yeah. we go. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, what let's dive in. Where where are we starting this week, Bill? Let's let's start with uh New England at the Bills. Okay. And what we're gonna what we're gonna do here, because we don't know because of COVID, who's gonna play and who's not gonna play. So to discuss personnel matchups is really kind of a fool's error because you don't know who's gonna be in the game or not in the game. That's the wild card, no pun intended, yes, that exists yeah. in, in, in the, these year in this year's playoffs is COVID. So let's look at the numbers and compare them by the numbers over 17 games, which which is very interesting. When I did the comparison, I said, wow, this is really, there's a lot here. So first of all, in points, uh, I'm sorry, passing yards uh, per attempt, most important passing statistic, Bills 6.8, New England with a rookie quarterback, 7.7. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, touchdowns. And interceptions. The Bills, 36 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. 
that's exactly where you you, you probably want to be. Um, New England, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. For a rookie, that's more than acceptable. So he's played very well. Um, the passer rating, 91.3 for the Bills, 95.5 for New England. So Mr. Mack has played very, very well by rookie standards, even by veteran standards, actually. Points for uh, Buffalo, 483 points against, uh, 289, a whopping 194 differential. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yes. Very. Um, New England points for 462 points against, 303, so it's kind of close. Um, and the differential is 159. Uh, turnovers. Uh, Bills plus eight, New England plus seven. Uh, if I'm a better, I don't want to go anywhere near this game. It's too close to call. <laughs> and that's why both of the games they played have been very close games. I'm not sure Bill Belichick, like Nick Saban last night, has anything really left in his trick bag other than other than trick plays. Um I mean, you can only play it so many ways. If Stevenson is back, that's a huge, a huge plus for New England because he can pound the ball. Um, the Bills cannot pound the ball because they do not have a pounding runner. So uh, it, it's, it's up to the quarterback to do that. But this is, you know, they split the they split the games. Uh, the, the road team won both, uh, you know, both regular season games. This is probably not a matchup that the, the Bills necessarily wanted, but because of the uh, Chargers game, that's the way it worked out. And so this is this is anybody's game. So uh, obviously here, another wild card would be weather, right? But And the weather does not look good. It's supposed to be nine and a low of three on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Bill, talk about on this one uh, what it's like to play a team three times in a season from both points of view or overall or however you want to explain it. Well, okay, first of all, if you've won twice, it's awfully hard to win the third time. Statistically, that's a that's a fact. Uh, secondly, if you split, it means that you're 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 probably pretty close, and and that this game is a toss up, and the weather. Uh, you know, by and large, uh, quarterbacks can throw the ball in bad weather, especially with gloves these days, and uh, and uh, cat receivers can catch it. Uh, Mac Jones is at a disadvantage because he's never played in this kind of weather before, so that's a slight edge to uh, to the Bills, but slight. This this is a this is a really tough game to call. It, it will usually come down to turnovers. That's usually where it where where it'll uh, where it'll divide and the, and the winner will 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 emerge. And in uh, cold exceedingly cold weather makes it difficult to hold the ball when you're running with. It. So you get more fumbles and or you got to work hard not to fumble in exceedingly cold weather. 
And if the field is sloppy for one reason or another, because it won't be, it'll be, it'll be icy and frozen. I, well, I, well, yeah, I should have said that. If, if the field, when when it's difficult to play on a field, do you subscribe to the fact that it favors the offense because they know where they're going versus yes, the defensive response? Right. Generally speaking, but this this field is notorious for freezing. Uh, we'll see what what you know what. Uh, steps the league takes to the league controls the playoffs by the way but the wild card round is their least intrusive uh round so we'll see uh we'll see what they do to make sure that it'll be covered that's for sure but whether or not it's 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 frozen and and hard which it might in my experience it is uh in this kind of weather in particularly in buffalo so as you go as you go through the other ones, could you could you kind of touch on two things you always hear at this time of year? Uh, one, it's important. Who's hot? And two, oh, it all comes down to matchups. Could you kind of just, as you do your analysis, kind of throw that in there for us? Well, the, the, the who's hot is 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 not. That's a myth. Yeah, that's a myth. The the, the we proved that we 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 had uh, Jacksonville ran on us for two hundred seventy five yards in the game prior to the playoffs and we were playing Denver in the opening round who was famous with Mike Shanahan for that running game. And, and we held them to, I believe 59 yards. Okay. So hot means nothing. Right. Um, matchups do mean something. Yeah. Okay. Mean something. That's for sure. That's for sure. They're, they're looking at now it could be two degrees with a real feel of negative 10 at kickoff where literally the weather service is saying hypothermia is likely without protective clothing. I mean, it's well, going to be pretty cold. Protective clothing. They'll, you know, th- th- that's not an issue. It's not ideal, obviously, right. but it's, but it's, but it's not an issue. I mean, you, you, you put the Vaseline on the exposed uh, portions of your body. You don't expose much of it except for the crazy offensive linemen who want to wear uh, you know, short sleeves, but or but, Tom but, Coughlin, Tom Coughlin, yeah, yeah, Vaseline. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so you, you you don't want George Allen was famous for want, not wanting to wear gloves in that that weather, but it's now proven that you can handle the ball better with the gloves and throw it better with the gloves. So uh, that's not really a, a problem. It's not ideal, but it's and then they have the the hot soup and the heat benches. We played a. Uh, in Carolina, we played a NFC championship game in, uh, in minus, uh, minus two, minus three. And, uh, it was certainly uncomfortable, but, but you can play in it. Um, and for Mac Jones, it'll be an issue because he's never played in it before. Um, uh, now as to matchups, um, Again, this is a matchup that doesn't necessarily favor the Bills because New England's secondary, probably the best part of their defense. But And, and so the Bills have to have everybody in their receiving core healthy. And in the end, in the first game, it came down to Knox, the tight end, making a play. He was held. Um, and it should have been called, but wasn't welcome to the playoffs. Um, the game, uh, was it, well, it's immaterial. I'm thinking of a game that, that, that maybe it was the charger game that, that sort of violated that officiating rule or officiating, uh, system, but 
generally speaking, in the playoffs, they're much more liberal in, in calling downfield penalties. Um, illegal contact is almost non-existent statistically this year. So that favors New England. There are a lot of things that favor New England in this game when, when you really start to, start to think about it, including the matchups in the secondary. And Buffalo has to be healthy. They can't win with, 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 uh, with guys that, uh, you know, second and third line guys. They got to have the top guys out there. Um, moving on to Casey uh, and Pittsburgh, this is a, a much different picture. Um, Kansas City points. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, passing uh, yards uh, average 7.3. It's right where you want to be. That's ideal. TDs 37 to 13. That's ideal. Passer rating 98.1. That's outstanding. Points for 480. Points against 364. Plus 116. Uh, plus four turnover margin. Pittsburgh, uh, passing yard average, 6.1. Ugh. TDs, 23 and 11. For Ben Rosselsberger, that's not acceptable. For a rookie, it's okay, but not Ben. Um, and we know that. We can see it with our eyes. It's not his fault. It's the receiver's fault, by and large. His arm's not as strong as it used to be, but the receivers don't catch the ball consistently. Um, his passer rating is 88.3. That may be the lowest of his career. Again, receiver-oriented. Points for 343. Points against 398. Minus 55. Um, and plus two in the turnover area. So what you have here is a pretty classic mismatch. I don't think the weather changes that a whole hell of a lot. Um Pittsburgh did a marvelous and courageous job against Baltimore, against a Baltimore team that was that had literally no secondary at the end of the game. Um, everybody was everybody who was anybody was hurt, um, and, and and it went to overtime. But uh, uh, you know, kudos to them. But this looks like a typical, you know, seven-two. Uh, mismatch. So Kansas City should win this game. It's at Kansas City. Uh, what's the, the weather is probably going to be, well, it doesn't matter. Both teams play in bad weather, so it doesn't matter. Moving on to Cincinnati and Las Vegas. Hey, Bill, real quick before we move on for that game, do you think that, the, is there anything to like, and this is a total fan perspective, but is there anything to the sort of rallying cry that, you know, maybe this could be like a Peyton situation or a Ray Lewis situation, thinking about that Ray Lewis team that kind of snuck into the playoffs, th that this team could rally around Ben and maybe get an extraordinary run here? Or there's just nothing in the data that would indicate that. There's nothing in the data that indicates that the, the rally around Ben thing really can be translated to receivers get open and catch the ball. Yeah. Anybody other than Pat? Other than Pat. That's right. And by the way, people t are taking away Pat at, at, at a land office <laughs> rate because they realize he's the threat. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this one, you know, I don't think there's 
if there, even if there is rallying and there may be, certainly may be some, it's on the road, number one and number two. I don't know that there's enough there to, right. to push up Sunday one more time. And, and, yeah. and, you know, Bill, one, one overall comment as we move forward, you know, with all the talk that you had actually, uh, you know, put, you know, kiboshed, you know, oh, this is a crazy season. Everybody can beat everybody. When you look at who got in, other than Philadelphia, which at least still had a winning record, I mean, every everybody in there had a very good, typical getting into the playoffs record. Double-digit wins or more, uh, very respectable. No, nothing's crazy or extraordinary about who got in by their records this year at all. Yeah, that's correct. That's absolutely correct. It, it's it's it actually the Pittsburgh is the only seventh team that is below par according to the numbers. And you could argue that, but for that timeout call, um, the charges would be in that spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that's, you know, that's a show into it. That's a show into itself. Yeah. Okay. In Cincinnati's case, it's Cincinnati. It's Las Vegas. It's Cincinnati. Weather is a factor here without question, uh, and it's probably going to be less than ideal. So we're looking at 25 and 14, maybe a little bit of uh, accumulating uh, precipitation. Okay. So that benefits Cincinnati pretty greatly. There's no question that when a warm weather indoor team goes on the road uh, in, in frigid weather, um, it's, it's a factor. How much remains to be seen, but it's a factor. Um, in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati's case, some really arresting numbers. And this gave me pause when I cast my all pro ballot, which I already have done. Um, the passing yard is average 8.7. Wow. Yikes. A, wow. Pretty good. Yeah. TDs 36, interceptions 14. Wow. Mm hmm. Passer rating, 106.9, highest in the playoffs. Points for 460 against 376, which is not great, plus 93, and zero neutral in the giveaway takeaway. Zero. So these numbers, when I did them, and I did them before I cast my ballot, gave me pause because someone I respect greatly in the league said to me, don't go to sleep on Joe Burrow. He is having a record year. He's just not on television. And so he doesn't get the publicity that the young man from Oregon in, in Los Angeles gets. Joe Burrow is having an MVP year. And when I looked at the numbers, I said, lo and behold, my buddy was correct. He was absolutely correct. He is having an MVP year. Um, I didn't vote for him, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, he, you thought about it. He, I thought about it. You bet. I thought about it. I, it was a close. It was a close call. Yes, Bill gave it very deliberate consideration, Joe, which is an honor. So yeah, it was a close call. Um, and you could argue it either way, by the way, because without him. I don't think the Bengals are anywhere near as good as they are. And certainly without Aaron, the, 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 uh, the Packers aren't 
I mean, we saw that in Kansas City. We learned it this weekend in both cases. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, Las Vegas. Uh, again, the quarterback you love to hate, uh, 7.7. Really good. And they throw the ball down the field as, as well as anybody can. And by the way, the 8.7 with, with, with Burrow is Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, that's you, you got that's Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison country. So um, Las Vegas isn't quite that good, but but they're nonetheless good. Um, it, touchdown 23, interceptions 14. That's not real good. And, and they have difficulty in the red zone unless they're giving it to the big back <coughs> or throwing it to the tight end which since the new coach has taken over, they are. So uh, um, that, that, that's improving. Passer rating, 93.8. That's, that's good enough. Uh, points for 374. Points against 439. Some of that, some of that is, 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 is during Gruden's period of time. Uh, it's, it's improved since because they're running the ball more. But it's still a liability, uh, and and minus nine in the turnover area. So that's telling you, uh oh, be careful here. Um, so even though this is an outstanding passing team, and Jacobs has made it an outstanding running team, and they've committed to it, still defensively despite the great rush front that they have, and it is great, um, they, they, they probably are, you wouldn't make them a favorite here, but neither are they, neither are they the underdog that Pittsburgh is and should be. This is a team that if you can't block them and the Chargers couldn't, they can beat you. Right, they're gonna knock. They're you know they're gonna knock you. They're gonna knock you passer around because they can do the one thing that every passing team hates: the ability to 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 just run over you with their rush front. They destroyed um, the Chargers. The quarterback did most of that on oh his my own. God. And 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 Cincinnati's offensive line is not a great pass-blocking offensive line. So this game is going to be closer, I think, than people think, unless there are turnovers and unless, you know, the weather's a fact. How, how big a deal is it, Bill, for them to be in the late window on Sunday and have to play this early window Saturday? Traveling it's a big West deal. East. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. The league poo-poos it. It's not. The sports science people will, will tell you it isn't. Uh the idea that you play a full overtime, yeah, uh, and then you have to go on the on the road on a short week, yeah, not good. It's like your comment about Thursday games, Bill. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So, so Bill, in that instance, is it better for them to travel late? Is it better for them to travel early? What do you do? Uh, it's it's better for them to do whatever they've done when they've gone to Eastern Time Zone all year. And, and, and now that the sports science people will tell you, stay with the circadian rhythms. 
going west to east is much harder than going east to west. So uh, you, you stay with the circadian rhythms. You try to get there. You travel late, so you try to get there at night. You stay on your time dur during, the, during the whole process. But they may not have done that. They should not change for the playoffs. Right. You shouldn't change for the playoffs. Not at all. Um, and by the way, we learned a sad lesson with that in uh, in uh, in uh, Indianapolis, uh, going going into New England, um, Tampa Bay uh, versus Philadelphia. Uh, yards per attempt, Tampa Bay seven four. You know, that's right where you want to be. Philadelphia seven point three. That's a little deceiving, but they do throw the ball down the field pretty well. But it's nonetheless where you want to be. TDs, Tampa Bay 43 and 12. Woo! <laughs> Quarterback rating 101.6. That guy must be pretty good there. Pretty good, yeah, right? He's pretty good, I think. I think he's pretty good. He might make it. He, I think he has a future in this league. Philadelphia, 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. For their quarterback, that's good. That's okay, because um, he's not really a highly functional quarterback or a typical quarterback. So that's that's okay. That's that's about what you expect from him. Um, passer rating of eighty nine point two. You don't want it to be below uh, ninety, and and it is obviously points for um, the the Bucks five eleven, and they've given up three fifty three. Um, which is yeah that's pretty good yes it is it's uh it, it it really is pretty good it's plus 158 and they're plus 10 in giveaway takeaway because tom doesn't tom doesn't give it away and and they have taken it away at a pretty at a pretty good clip so um this is a team that can outscore you it's a team that uh, can out defense you uh, in this particular case, Philadelphia lives on the running game. Philadelphia's offense is run, play action pass, and quarterback run. So they are really a mini Baltimore, if you will. They're a little more wide open in, in the passing game than Baltimore and more efficient in the passing game than Baltimore. But it's not terribly different. Um but against Vita Vea, Sue, and company. Good luck. Good luck. Have fun. Exactly right. There's where the matchup doesn't match up. Uh -uh. Even though Philadelphia's offensive line is playing pretty well, I don't know that they match up with this outfit. Yeah, it's a lot of mass to move in the middle. Hey, Bill, one thing I was thinking watching the game this weekend, when you were a GM, did it give you agita? So, like, how do, how do bonuses work? Or like, uh, basically, when a player kind of achieves some sort of milestone and they get, you know, some sort of bonus, how does that affect the cap in the current year? Does that impact the cap in the future year? So, like with Gronk this weekend getting that 85th catch, he got an extra 500 grand. Does that affect you guys next year? Yes, it affects it next year. Those are like called not likely to be earned incentives. So, does that give you a little agita as the GM when you're watching, going, "Uh oh, the cap"? No. Okay. No, 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 because the cap next year is going to be 208 or something in right. the vicinity. 
uh, you know, now, now Tom refusing to leave the game until Gronk got his money is, uh, is, is, you know, that's what endears him to his teammates. So you, you can't, maybe the, maybe the CFO is ticked off. Yeah. As the GM, I would. Exactly. In, in, in my, in my experience, when I negotiated those things, truly GMs were only to, if a guy made a not likely to be on Burns, you're feeling pretty good. Okay. All right. I mean, he's yeah. contributing enough. Yeah. Yeah. Tom's face was priceless on the sidelines when whoever said you're coming out and he goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. Welcome to the NFL. Someone asked me, does that happen often? I said, yeah. If your name's Brady or Manning or, you know, or something like that. Why? You know, somebody right. like that. Ray Lewis. Yeah, yes, it does. Happens often. <laughs> it's not uncommon for a coach to be told where to go. Not usually the head coach, but assistant coaches are frequently uh, told off by veteran star players. O- o- overruled by higher yeah. court. Yeah. Um, the old NFL axiom, players not plays. Yeah. So this game is, uh, uh, I don't know if you get the point spreads on these games, and, 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 they're, and they're probably not really relevant because, as we said at the outset, you don't know who's going to play because of COVID. But um, the, the, the issue in this game is that this, on the matchup side, this is not a good matchup for Philadelphia. Not a good one at all because they need to run the ball to win and, it's hard to run a ball against these cats when they make up their mind not, you know, not to do it. The statistics, by the way, um, yards allowed are, which is the league uses as the as the barometer. Most teams don't really look hard at because much of that may be garbage time when it's third and fifteen and they're running draws and things like that. You know where it doesn't really. It doesn't really factor. The matchup and, and what they want to do, the analytics tell you that this is, Philadelphia is a team that has to run, and it's awfully difficult to run against these cats when they make up their mind to stop. Yeah, the visual eye test on this one isn't good. When you see Vita Vea and Sue just as a human, and you go, hey, you got to run against these yeah, guys. That's right. I don't know. You know, right? You know, run through these two buildings in downtown New York. Yeah, and even if you want to go, even if you want to go outside zone, Shaq and JPP are, are are no no slouches at setting the edge. Boy, and you got White and David running around. And White and David inside. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. are we talking about? The spread on this one, Bill, is eight and a half, which is a little surprising because Kansas City is twelve and a half. This one's eight and a half. I thought this one would be north of ten. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, the over-under is only 49, so I think they think this is going to be more of a low-scoring, a little bit of a running game to to kind of juice you into betting. Well, Philadelphia is going to try and bleed the clock. You know, that that's what they're that's what they're, they're factoring into. So if I'm Bruce, which he always does, Bruce Arians, I want to get off to an early lead and take them out of their run. Um, okay, 49 is in Dallas. Um Interesting, interesting game. Um, passing uh, yards per attempt, 49ers, an amazing 8.6. Now, part of this is rack, run after catch. Debo Samuel. The Debo factor. 
Yeah. The Debo factor and the tight end, the Kittle factor. Yeah. The Kittle factor, right. So running by you or running over you. Yeah. Yeah. Or through you. Right. So, I mean, they get a lot of big plays and chunk plus plays in the passing game. 26 and 14. Um, that's okay. That's fine. 99.2 passer rating. That's fine. Um, if you compare that to Dallas, 7.7 uh, average per attempt. That's very good. Uh, 40 TDs, 18 interceptions. That's better than very good. That's exceptional. 104.8 quarterback rating. So much for Dak's slump. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in the points department, 49 is 427, 365 given up. The 365 is a is a generally speaking a middle of the road number for a playoff team. Um, plus 62. Um, the uh, Dallas is 530 points, 358, a whopping plus 172. And plus 14 in giveaway takeaway. So if I'm the 49ers, I better damn well hold on to the football. I better protect Jimmy, which is easier said than done. And we don't know if Trent Williams is going to play or not. Um, And I better make sure that I take care of the football. If I'm the Cowboys, I, I'd like to get the 49ers out of their running game, but it's probably not feasible. So just play your normal game and make sure that the attack is balanced. Hope that Pollard is back there. Get all re- three receivers in there. Now, one of them is, is kind of on the on the limp. I can't recall exactly who it is yet because I haven't seen the the uh, – you know, the, the, the reports don't come out yet. But you'd like them to have all three receivers and all four, including the tight end, who's a big weapon, back in there. And if they are, then I think Dallas is in pretty good shape. Plus, keep in mind that the 49ers, in a valiant effort, by the way, expended a ton of energy last week. And This is a real thing in football, despite the fact that we play once every seven days. It's like basketball. When you're 20 points down at the half of basketball and and you, you, you provide a stirring comeback and you get to the point where the game is tied and you take it into overtime, more often than not, you're out of gas by the time you reach overtime because you've expended so much energy climbing that mountain. Yeah. The shots don't drop. You know, the lift isn't there. You don't get the rebounds you should get. You know, how many times does the team who makes that stirring comeback and just falls short and goes into overtime lose quite a, quite a few. A lot of times. So, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the case here. They expended a ton of energy coming back in that game 
it was exciting. It was thrilling. It was hard hitting. How much do they have left in the tank to go on the road this week? That's going to be interesting. So just because maybe this will be my last chance this season to say it. And I, Bill, I, I hear everything you're saying about turnovers and maybe an interception gene, but I am still in Jimmy G's corner. I just like that kid. I, he, to me is a football player who gives you everything he got. He has, I mean, I, 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 I just really, really hope for his sake. He has a great game. He's, I think he's a terrific player. He does. He, he's, he's excellent. And, and he's probably, if he goes on the market, uh, he will be the most desirable guy out there. The problem is uh, what do you pay for a guy when a 17 game season is probably going to pay play 12. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. Now, if you're Washington and you got a, a nice guy in the bullpen, seems like a good deal. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Now the other thing is in Jimmy's case, He's been injured every year, so or virtually every year. So, uh, you know how how long? What's the cumulative effect of all those injuries? Uh, and certain, and there's no question that all those hits do take something out of your arm. There's no question about that. Arm strength diminishes with with each succeeding punch you take. And uh, and so that's an issue you worry about with Jimmy long term. But that, that's a, that's for another day. It's a discussion for another day. I agree with you. He's 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 fun to watch. He's a competitor. He works his butt off. He, he's inspirational. Um, he's not ideal, but, no. you know, you'd love to have it. And, you know, and he's and he's done what a what a veteran, what a what a true professional does. With the Trey Lance, he just moved ahead, put his head down, and gave it everything he had. No complaining, no whining, nothing. Yep, he's done a. He, he's been a great teammate and a great leader, and all of those. He's a hundred over a hundred on all those intangibles. Digging into the sort of depletion conversation, how like granular do you guys get with it? Because in looking at this game, I would think the Rams are a really tough team to play against from a secondary perspective. This was already probably a bad matchup for the 49ers with their secondary against the receiving core for Dallas. How much does that weigh into sort of the thinking and how you approach? Because to me, that would be the area where this game could completely blow up if you're the 49ers. Well, that's that's entirely possible. But the 49ers' way of attacking you is, is, is to run the ball in varying different ways. Um, you know, speed option, uh, sweeps, uh, you know, traditional uh, inside and outside zone. So they're trying to control the ball, bleed the clock, get the chunk plays out of play action and occasional gadget play. Uh, and, and especially if Kittle's there from the passing game with Kittle, you would expect that Dallas, given its proclivity, would try to take Kittle away. That that happens very often in the, and they probably try to take Debo away and say, let everybody else beat us. So the question is, can they stop the run well enough to allow 
everything else to work? And, or on the other side of the coin, can the 49ers run well enough to allow everything else to work? From Dallas's perspective, go right after that 49er secondary. Yeah, now, I mean, that's... If they, if if the 49ers are able to use that wave rush where they have eight guys that they rotate in there and they keep coming like whirling dervishes as they did last week against relatively weak tackles. The left tackle is not what he was. He's on in Dallas. He's on his, on the back nine of his career, probably on the 15th hole and the right tackles a liability and the left guards a liability. So, uh, that's what that's what um, uh, San Francisco's trying to try and, and attack. So again, Dallas says, "Let's run the ball and knock them around a little bit. Let's put them in a situation where we get play action. Let's help the line as much as we can. And if we can get a lead, then we take the 49ers out of their running game." And the mismatch that is the biggest one is the one that you point out, 49ers secondary versus Dallas, a completely full Dallas uh, receiving core. But that depends on protection. And, uh, and, and you know, the 49ers last week just decimated the opposition. And they, and they destroyed another myth, by the way, which is that the Rams' offensive line is a dominant offensive line. Right. Yeah, Guess no, what? They're not. No. No. Andrew Andrew Whitworth had that like look of all of us who have hit 40 going, what am I doing here? Yeah. It, and the left guard was out to lunch. I mean, he was just – he was getting the, the living daylight beaten out of him. It did not look good. Um, Something worse was San Diego. <laughs> Well, San Diego had a guy in there that couldn't play. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you're out of people. I mean, you're so – on the other hand, helping, you know, protecting the quarterback. There's a lot of – there's a lot of rookie mistakes there that I, I think Brendan Staley will look back on and say, mm, I didn't do that right. I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. That's what rookie coaches do. They learn on the job. And, and maybe take the points occasionally. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the idea of using that, we might as well address the timeout. Um, the idea of using the timeout is not terrible because you have to presume that they're going to try and kick the field goal, period. Now, it didn't look like they were doing that. It looked like they were going to run it down, and because Carlson is so good, they take the longer field goal. And if he missed, so what, right? Everybody goes home happy. So now the, the, the question is, do you, do you assume they're going to run the ball and try to get your best run defense on the field, or do you assume that they're going to run it down and kick the longer field goal? I would argue – that the, that the benefit you gain by calling the timeout and getting the right run group on the field is not as great as letting them kick the longer field goal because if they if they miss you're going to the playoffs for sure exactly right. and right and and it, 
and it certainly didn't work out. I mean, they got the two games they needed. I mean, down there. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, they got the they got the run, oh, which yeah. allowed the, the the field goal now to be to be a, a, a gimme for Carlson. So it's a risk reward deal, um, and that's one where analytics does not come into play other than what Carlson's uh, Carlson's uh, make rate would be. Yeah. Uh, what what comes into play is okay. Let me let me as a coach uh, balance. Where am I better off with the with the uh, the sole the sole determinant being how do I best get in the playoffs? And I'm not so sure he focused on that. That's where I would if I had criticism. That's where it would be because the overarching goal is not to win the game; it's to get in the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, because he got the gain, and I mean, he used every inch of those goalposts. He did. He did. That's exactly right. Yeah, he did. And you might want it to save the timeout to freeze him if yeah. necessary. So it, it was it wasn't quite as cut and dried as the color commentator wanted to make it. And he was even afraid to say it. He was, you know, and eh, well, I yeah, I don't understand this. You know, just come out and say, hey, it's a mistake, right? right. Yeah. Uh but but no, it's it, kind of mealy mouths. But the bottom line is that it, it, the, the the overarching concern is how do you make the playoffs, not whether you win the game. And also, I think some of it's the accumulation factor of he's made some interesting time management, timeout choices, and some interesting go for it on fourth down decisions throughout the course of the season. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this is not like this was it. Had had he had had they had not gone for it in the Kansas City game, had they had sort of played a more normal, traditional sort of risk adverse style of football, I don't know that the timeout would be as highly questioned as it's been, you know, uh, in the context of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, and when you look back, and, and it's reasonable to look back. Yeah, as much as I I like Brandon Staley, and you know I, I think he's going to be be a terrific coach, but when you look back. Had they beaten Kansas City yep. with the nine points that they that they left on the field? It's not an issue. It's never an issue. Right. right. Yeah. Those games and those decisions do factor over time. Yeah, no, I mean, it very much to me felt like, okay, here is the accumulation of some kind of bad decisions throughout the course yeah. of the season that everybody's going to go. You knew the second the timeout was called, he's going to get killed. Well, I'm hoping – because I like him as a coach, I'm hoping that he has people around him who will perhaps push him to re-examine this whole analytics approach and and realize that there's a lot of hot air and a lot of that. Yeah, and there's some value to it. You know, I talked to a coach this week that pointed out a, a number of valuable things that he gets from it. But the bottom line is that, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all. And I'm sure... I'm sure he doesn't look at it that way either. But but here's the thing to me about analytics, Bill. You know, they're, it's like actuarial tables. They're built on a ton of data. It can never properly predict what's going to happen on any given situation. It's like That's correct. No. That's absolutely correct. It's like flipping 49 heads in a row. It's still 50-50 on that 50th flip. 
Well, the, it's, that's the thing that drives me nuts about how people perceive analytics, right? They don't understand it. They don't understand that this is analytics only work in the context of how long you play analytics out. So if we were playing a game where you can make that, let, let's just say in the Kansas City game, going for it on fourth down, if you had 10 opportunities to go for it on fourth down, yeah, you're going to make it six times. But are you willing to take that risk with looking at a 40% negative, knowing that you don't get the advantage of the spread of analytics? It's the dumbest yes, way people but, think but, but, but even But even then, Scott, even then, even then, football is a particularly difficult game to do this with because it's about – Analytics don't take into account the particular matchups, who you're across the line from, who, you know, who's tired, who's this, who's that. It, it is so broad spectrum, which is why it makes sense in the long, long, long run. But football, say more than pitching a guy in baseball or something, football, I think, is the hardest sport to apply in an individual situation because there's so many moving parts and there's so many factors. Well, it's 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 trend decision making. It's not analytic decision making. So that that's the thing that drives me nuts. Do you want to stake your whole thought process on trend data? For me, At which no. which just doesn't it doesn't apply in a specific situation to begin no, with, it, and it, certainly not in when there's all those other variables you can't put in there. It can inform your thought process, but it should not be a decision-making proviso. Bill, give us the final word on analytics. Well, here's the – I'll give you an example of what occurred in the playoffs last year, which a coach shared with me. Early in the second half, he's on the goal line, and it's fourth down. He's at like, you know, fourth and goal from the three. Uh, He's got a play that they like against the defense that the opponent had shown regularly. So they knew what defense they were going to get based on the personnel that was in the game and all of that. And, um, and the, and the analytics people say, go, go, you got to go in this situation. So the coach says on balance, it's early, you know, it's not fourth quarter. I'll go for it. Forgetting that in the playoffs, you always take the points because playoffs are different. The, the, the opposition is better, you know, than you face during the regular season. So analytics really don't come into play. Uh, so you always take the points. But he said he decided to go for it. So they call the play. It's the right play. The receiver beats the defender by about a yard and a half, maybe two yards. The quarterback makes a little bit off-kilter throw, and the receiver can't make an all-pro Hall of Fame catch, and the ball bounces off his fingertips and goes incomplete. And they lose the game by the margin of the points they would have gained by kicking the field goal. Tremendous object lesson on, on just what both of you said. There are so many moving parts in a football game that analytics play less of a role by a lot than they do in baseball. Exactly. Not to say, not to say they're, that you dismiss them, but they're not as valuable. And by the way, the statistic that I heard, Rick, and you may have a better one, is that going for it on fourth down is 50-50. It's not 60-40. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, and certainly at that level, you know, we all know the story of the high school coaches now and the pros who did it all the time. That's not the NFL. 
Well, he's been fired. He was in he was in college and he was fired. He was fired at a college, even right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was fired from a small college job because it didn't work out. It's one thing when you're playing against high school kids. It's another when you're playing against college kids. Okay, we'll wrap it up with the Rams in Arizona, which is an interesting game. Uh, Rams are 8.1 uh, yards per attempt. TDs 41, interceptions 18. So Stafford's having a hell of a year. Um, uh, 101.6. Uh, Arizona's 7.8, which is which is nice, and that's because Kyler Murray can throw the ball down the field. 27 and 11, which is also really good. Um, his passer rating is 100.6. Stafford's is 101.6. Interesting. Yeah. Um, points for Rams 460, points against 372. So that's uh, a plus 88. Uh, Arizona 449, 4, 366 against. So that's right where. That's right on the average or close to the average of what playoff teams give up. So it's not a great playoff defense, but it's, but it's pretty good. And uh, plus that's plus 83. And the Rams are plus two giveaway, takeaway and Arizona, an amazing plus 12. So this game, like the bills, new England game where weather will not be a factor here is about as close yeah. And this will come down to can the Rams keep Kyler Murray in the pocket? Because as you saw in the Indianapolis game, if you keep him in the pocket, he doesn't do as much harm as when he's out of it. And of course, they played before, they played twice before. So there used to be a rule, by the way, that you could not play in the opening round a team from your own division. In this case, we have two. But that's fine. That's I mean, the change is good. You, you should the seating should determine. And we saw this movie on Monday night a couple weeks ago. So maybe maybe it'll yes, be yes, we did. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. But to me, the Bills, New England, and Rams, Arizona are the two, the two tightest games. Everywhere else, well, Dallas 49ers could be, um, could be tight. Be, Although yeah. I, I I rather doubt it, I think Dallas. I think that game's gonna get off the rails in a hurry. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll see. All right, all right. I'm still putting on my my Jimmy G. But Bill, what do you think of moving it to Monday night? How do you like it? I don't like it. I don't like ever playing on a short week in the playoffs. But that ship has sailed. So you know, figure out how to do it. There's no way that they'll put that team on Saturday, right? No, no, no. They won't do they, that. They won't do that. The, the only thing I was thinking is, you know, when, when we went through like two weeks there where we had NFL football every night, I guess this is what the fans are expecting now. I mean, to lengthen it out and be able to tune in every night. And the league likes that, right? I mean, they get ratings more. But also think about it. It's, it's a holiday weekend from a TV perspective. It's, you know, you get the three games Sunday, you get two Saturday night, and you get another bite of the apple on Monday. As an entertainment property, it makes sense. That's what I mean. Another night to, to dominate ratings, you know. So and it's, and 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 they have a great have a great game. It's not like they put a dog in there. They put a great game in there. From the perspective of the league office, um, you know it works. And from the perspective of generating money from television, it works. Does it work for the teams? No. But that's not the you know. Twenty five years ago, that would have been unthinkable. You, you would never put a team on Monday night and expect them to play 
in the divisional round of the playoffs on a short week. That would that would have been unthinkable. Nowadays, everyone shrugs their shoulders and says, oh, well, okay, it's part of the game. That's right. Let's see if somebody gets boned by being the 4 o'clock game on Saturday. There's no way, right? There's no way they'll do it. No, I, no. That would be really – there are some things you can get away with in the league office. There are others that – where you're really pushing the envelope, and that would be pushing. Because well, the, the only thing I'm thinking is that wouldn't be if Arizona wins, and then you know Arizona going to Green Bay. I don't know. Is that 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 might be the least sexy game of next weekend? That could be the four o'clock game. No, TV always wants Green Bay. Yes, in the playoffs in prime time. Okay, and they pray for snow. Exactly, because exactly. it looks better on television. The the frozen tundra. That's what they want. But TV, the biggest game would be Dallas and Tampa, right? Um, yeah, but you could you could put that game in 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 prime time on Saturday. Yeah, no, it's true. I think it's gonna be interesting. I think if Arizona wins. Well, we'll see what happens next week. In fact, the league office makes the argument, spurious as it is, that if you're playing on prime time on Saturday night as opposed to one o'clock on Sunday, it's virtually the same. It's not, but they make that argument. It's like this, the argument they make for Thursday night football. Well, you know what? You get that mini buy afterwards. The players love that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what about going into the game? <laughs> Although Tennessee is probably going to be the Saturday four o'clock slot. Because if you think oh, about it, probably, I don't know about that. Oh, well, yeah. think about it. No, no, no. But think about it, Bill. You probably are going to have Cincinnati or the Raiders, right? So that's probably the four o'clock game on Saturday, I would think. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, because the other game would be Buffalo and Kansas City. That's a night game. Well, you know, Tennessee, we used to joke that when Tennessee and the Colts were good and competing for the division uh, lead every year, that game went as far as Murfreesboro, Tennessee, (laughs) and and Hamilton County, Indiana. No one else in America saw it. Exactly. That's why that's my my hard money guess is Tennessee versus either the Raiders or Cincinnati will be the four o'clock Saturday game. Yeah, maybe. Major markets are major markets. And and, and Green Bay at night in, in frigid temperatures is that, 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 that changed right. That that yeah. It's gonna be fun. All right, gang. Well, that is our look at the wild card weekend. As usual, it's gonna be a fun one. Sit back, relax. It's a holiday weekend. A lot of football ahead of us next week. We'll take a look at who played well in the wild card, what we can expect in the divisional round. Thank you as always, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the weekend. Exactly. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.